Today's reading comes from Luke, chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. We'll be reading from the New International Version. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to the town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of the Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. So I'm here with a very special guest as we find ourselves in this season of Advent. And so uh, will you introduce yourself, tell us about your husband and share about this challenge that you both encountered a little bit earlier in life? Yeah. Hi, um, my name is Elizabeth and uh, my husband, Zechariah. Yeah, he was here. Uh, you spoke, I think he's, yeah, last week. So um, my husband, Zechariah, Zechariah and I had prayed for a child for as, as long as I can remember. But when years and years go by and you get older and gray, um, you accept the fact that you'll never have a child of your own. Well, I know that the story continues because I know that you had a child and his name was John. So what happened? A miracle happened. I mean, yeah, a miracle. Um, I was pregnant with a son and more than that, our baby was to grow up and become the man that prepared the people for the coming of the Messiah. Now, throughout my pregnancy, my husband was... Yeah, picture that. My husband was unable to speak <laughs> um, because he questioned the angel Gabriel. So for nine months, my husband was silent. But once our baby boy was born, Zechariah wrote our baby's name on a on a tablet. And just like that, he had his voice back. We we well, we did as the angel said, and we named him John. So now we have our miracle baby. That's truly incredible. And uh, I've heard stories of this interaction that you had still during pregnancy with Mary while you were both pregnant. She was young and um, you were not so young, but uh, you were both <laughs> pregnant together. But what happened in that interaction? You're very kind. Not so young. Yes. Um, well, <laughs> about six months into my pregnancy, my cousin Mary came to visit the moment Mary entered our home, the baby leapt in my belly and I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I I knew right there before Mary even said anything that she was carrying the Messiah, our Lord. God had another miracle baby on the way. My cousin was carrying the son of God and my son would be the one to prepare the people for him and make peace for others. Elizabeth, this is incredible. Um, thank you for sharing about your pregnancy and just the way that God intervened. And um, thank you for just shedding light on what this Advent season means as both of these pregnancies are so important. My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, and like you said, today is the second week of Advent, when we light two candles, 
the candle of hope and the candle of peace. one of the pastors on the team. Welcome to the Neely House and welcome to the second week of Advent. Shout out to Dan and Elsie Tabbitt for playing Zechariah and Elizabeth the last several weeks as we've been immersing ourselves in this story leading up to the birth of Jesus. And so we continue today in our series in their own words, looking at the words of Elizabeth that she speaks to Mary in this incredible encounter that they both have, both being pregnant and both being aware of the ways in which God is working in their lives. So I have a question for us this morning. Um, Have you ever had a mentor in your life? Have you ever had someone that you see as a mentor figure? Maybe you've been on the other side of that where you've had a mentee. I know for me, I've had uh, several in my life, but two that come to mind were one, uh, a mentor that I had in high school, his name was Eric. And another mentor that I had when I was all throughout college, really for my whole college experience, um, his name was Steve. And, and so there's something about a mentor and mentee relationship, really in movies or also in our lives, whether it's um, in Star Wars being a young Padawan or um, in our lives now of having someone that we can look up to, to learn from and to walk alongside with and And if you're a mentee, you receive that. And if you're a mentor, you are just the same strengthened. And and I think a mentor-mentee relationship is one of the the best ways that we can see God at work in our lives. And and so today we're looking at one of those that shows up in Scripture, this mentor-mentee relationship between Mary and Elizabeth. Mary being really young or maybe even too young to be pregnant and Elizabeth being I'm not going to call her old, but well past the childbearing stages. And and yet they're both pregnant and they both find themselves pregnant in ways that God is at work in their lives. And God is working through the two babies that they carry. This shared experience of pregnancy is something that really strengthens their relationship, but shows us so much about how God was at work then and how God continues to be at work in our lives today. And so we're going to be talking about pregnancy. And I recognize that that word and that experience is one that honestly all of us can relate to because we've all been born. But for some of us, it's a really hard topic to talk about and to think about because it represents brokenness or hurt. And for others, it's really joyful because it's brought some of the greatest gifts of life and and maybe also a lack of sleep, but whatever it is, I recognize that even now, Lauren and I are walking alongside a couple friend that have just experienced miscarriage, and it can be a difficult thing. And in light of all that, we're going to look together at these two pregnancies between Mary and Elizabeth and these babies that they are carrying and how it shapes um, 
the way that God was at work in this story. And, and for me, it was kind of cool to go through this this week because right now it's December of 2020 and um, Lauren is, my wife, 25 weeks pregnant and her sister who lives in Seattle is 27 weeks pregnant. And then my sister who lives in Denver is 23 weeks pregnant. So it's just really cool. We're all like going through this shared experience of pregnancy together. And and yet Mary and Elizabeth have this mentor-mentee relationship that we can learn a lot from today. And And really the question that I want to pose for us today is simply this. What is your role in the kingdom of God? What is our role in the kingdom of God? And so I want to look at this interaction briefly and then reflect on that as that will really shape how I think we can go about this Advent season together. And so the text that Jonah Shemansky read for us this morning comes from Luke chapter 1. And it's this incredible interaction between Mary and Elizabeth. And it's right after Mary had this really powerful encounter with the angel Gabriel where he says, You will be with child and he will be the Savior of the world. And so right after she gets that news, she runs to the town of Elizabeth, which really wasn't that far, but she runs in a hurry. The text says she was in a hurry to get there. You can see why, because she just received this news. And and so I want to look at these, really these three phrases that Elizabeth says to Mary upon Mary's arrival. And so here's the first one. Elizabeth says, blessed are you, or blessed are you among women. And blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And so Mary has this unique place in the gospel of Luke. Luke is the only uh, gospel that really has this account between Mary and Elizabeth. It's kind of cool. But uh, Luke is showing us this incredible interaction of how God is at work in both of these pregnancies. And so um, Mary receives this name from Elizabeth. Uh, Did you catch that? Mary called, uh, or Elizabeth called Mary, the mother of my Lord. Elizabeth called Mary, the mother of my Lord. It's, It's a pretty powerful name to be given to Mary, the mother of my Lord. And really all throughout church history, Mary has had this really unique relationship of how much we should hold her in high esteem and how much we shouldn't. But I want to just give this 30-second snapshot of a time in church history where Mary was given two names. She was given the name Christotokos and Theotokos. Christotokos means the mother of Christ and Theotokos meaning the mother of God. And so there was this huge controversy. Should we call Mary the mother of God or mother of Jesus or the mother of Christ? And how should we refer to Mary? And, and really the church or most of church history settled on Theotokos, that Mary was the mother of God. Because not only was she the mom of Jesus, but she was giving birth to God in the form of flesh. She was giving birth to the Savior of the world. This powerful name that Elizabeth gives Mary, the mother of God, is one that really gives us a better picture of who Jesus is. That Jesus was fully human and yet fully God and was delivered and birthed just as each one of us were and, and yet his humanity and divinity, his 
personhood and his God nature came together as we know him as Jesus Christ. It's this really powerful thing. And, and, and so ultimately we can see that uh, Mary was carrying probably, no, not probably, Mary was carrying definitely the most important baby that's ever been born. But Elizabeth was probably carrying the second most important baby that's ever been born. And so before we talk about John the Baptist, Elizabeth's son, uh, I want to uh, play a quick game. Okay, so check this out. So uh, on the left-hand side of the screen are some celebrity parents. And on the right-hand side of the screen are some celebrity babies. So uh, take a minute to see if you can match the celebrity parents with the celebrity babies. Okay, so on the left, we got Elon Musk and Grimes, Chip and Joanna Gaines, Kim Kardashian and Kanye, Russell Wilson and Ciara. On the right, we have all these different babies. Crew, Wynn, Chicago, and the X one, I'm going to call it. Um, okay, so take a moment to uh, see if you can pair them up. And in a couple seconds, I'm going to actually show you the answers. Uh, okay, so here you go. Um, here's some celebrity baby parents and uh, babies and their parents. Okay, so we have Chip and Joanna Gaines had a baby named Crew. It's kind of cool. Uh, Kim Kardashian and Kanye had a baby named Chicago. Interesting, okay. Uh, Russell Wilson and Ciara, of course, named their baby Wen. Kind of fitting. And then Elon Musk and his wife uh, named their baby this. I don't know how to pronounce it. You can Google it if you want. Um, but we're not talking about Russ and letting Russ cook right now. We're talking about John the Baptist. And so uh, check this out. John the Baptist was probably the second most important baby to ever be born, um, simply because this. Sorry for all the football references, but John the Baptist was kind of a, a fullback. Check out these words that Elizabeth shares uh, to Mary. She says, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Again, that's Elizabeth talking about how as soon as Mary arrived and Elizabeth heard Mary speak, John the Baptist in the womb leaped for joy. Both of these babies having deep significance to the course of human history. John the Baptist, again, known as this fullback, uh, if you don't know football um, as well, the running back is the one who really uh, gets the ball handed off to him and then runs with the ball. But the fullback's job is to clear the way for the running back, right? So a good fullback will get in the way of the defense or to make a good block or to make uh, the defense miss and really to clear the way for the running back. And that's really what John the Baptist is. He's just this forerunner to simply proclaim that the kingdom of God is here. And John the Baptist, if you know him, there's like nine other Johns in just in the New Testament. But John the Baptist was the one who lived in the desert and wore camel's hair for clothes and ate bugs for dinner. And and yet he was kind of this weird guy. And, and yet he had this super important role to be the forerunner, to be the one that would go before Jesus to proclaim that the Messiah, the one that we've been waiting for, is here in his name is Jesus. And so again, these two births, Mary giving birth to, to Jesus ultimately, and then Elizabeth being pregnant with John, shows us this interaction between Mary and Elizabeth and how God was at work 
in their lives. God was at work giving them identity and purpose in the kingdom of God. And so again, we're asking this question, what is our role in the kingdom of God? What is my role in the kingdom of God in light of the way that God clearly called Elizabeth and Mary to carry out these two tasks of giving birth to two of the most important babies ever. The same God who called them is the same God who calls us his own, who calls us to be part of what God is doing in this world. And so I briefly just want to look at this last phrase that, um, that Elizabeth speaks to Mary. And I'm going to read it first in the NIV and then I actually want to look at it in the New Living Translation because I think it it gives us even a better picture of what exactly Elizabeth was saying. So first in the NIV, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. But check out these words in the NLT. It says, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. And so again, this question that we're asking today in light of the Two pregnancies of Elizabeth and Mary. What is your role in the kingdom of God? What is your role in the kingdom of God? For Mary and Elizabeth, it was to be faithful to the call that God had given both of them to to not only give birth to these two babies, but to raise them. And um, oftentimes I think we forget that, yeah, Jesus had a mom and a dad and he was living life in day in and day out with his parents and Mary and Joseph were given the task to raise this baby. And and so, again, what is our role in the kingdom of God? Uh, I want to look at this verse and and the ways that it brings up this word blessed or or you are blessed. Um, Elizabeth says, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Um, This word blessing shows up, or to be blessed, shows up all over the Old Testament. Um, And it really simply means to be near God. Blessed means to just be near God. Um, But this word also has uh, these connections um, with this really deep word of love, loving kindness that shows up all throughout Scripture. Um, And this word love, loving kindness, it is a word hesed uh, in Hebrew, but it means this loyalty or this mutual loyalty. This mutual loyalty that, that God has to us and that God calls us to be loyal to God. And so I think that when we think about our role in the kingdom of God, it's super simple. And you could really just meditate and reflect on these words of scripture to find the answer to, to this question. What is your role to the kingdom of God? Just, just look at Luke chapter 1 verse 45. It gives us so much purpose because really our role is to be near God. And once we discover what it means to be near God, God uh, reveals to us how we can come alongside God in serving God. I think some of the ways that we've talked about that as a church is um, looking at how we're gifted to, to serve and, and maybe a lens that you use sometimes to, to talk about what it means to be about the work of the kingdom of God is looking at your time and talent and treasure. Maybe you've heard that before of um, seeing how our role in the kingdom of God is uh, really positioned in the, the way that we spend our time or talents or even our money. 
And so may you consider the ways that those things shape your life and and how you're really building the kingdom or, or maybe building your own kingdom when you reflect on those three priorities of time and talent and money. But but I think even more so, I think what our job is as Christians, as faithful followers of Jesus, finding our identity and finding our purpose in the kingdom of God, it's to simply just to pay attention to what God is doing. That's what Elizabeth and Mary did. They were just paying attention to the way that God had called them to be faithful by giving birth to these babies. It's the same thing for us today. Our role in the kingdom of God is to simply pay attention to the way God is at work in our world, the way that God is at work in our church, and the way that God is at work in each one of our lives. We have this dog, Goose, right? And he's almost a year old. It's kind of cool, but um, he loves to, to sit on our uh, our little windowsill. He has a chair and he just sits on that, right? And he loves to pay attention to what's going on in the neighborhood, right? And he'll let us know what's going on because we hear him bark or we hear him yip or uh, whatever it is, but he loves to simply just pay attention to the walkers that come by or to the people who are arriving home or uh, to our neighbors who are outside playing or whatever it is. But Goose pays attention and I'm not comparing our lives to the life of a dog and yet it's this really beautiful picture that we're as Christians, our task and our role in the kingdom of God is, is simply to just pay attention to what God is doing and then to respond to it. How is God moving in your life and what is God calling you to do? That is our role in the kingdom of God. I want to end with this quote and it's maybe a familiar quote to you. It's, it's a powerful quote that gives us this picture of our purpose of the kingdom of God. It says this. It says, to pay attention. This is our endless and proper work. It's by a, a poet, Mary Oliver, and it gives us this beautiful picture again of really our work and our job as human beings, specifically as Christians, specifically in the kingdom of God, is to pay attention to what God is doing and respond to it, just as Mary did, just as Elizabeth did in that interaction. And so just like Elizabeth and Mary, she was blessed because she paid attention. She believed that God was at work and she responded to that work. And so during this season of Advent, um, it's really actually in the, the church calendar um, Advent marks the beginning of the year, not the new year. And so I encourage you in this season of Advent, the next several weeks leading up to Christmas, may it be a time where you set aside time to be quiet and to sit and to really consider what is your role in the kingdom of God? And it's easy to do that maybe when it's quiet, but I think for a lot of us, life is not quiet right now. And, and so maybe even a better question right now is, how can we pay attention to what God is doing in our lives, as a church, in our world, and simply respond to it? And so that is my prayer for us this morning as we 
continue in this season of Advent, that we would recognize the way that God has called us, each of us, to find our identity and purpose in this question, what is my role in the kingdom of God? And to simply respond to it. Amen.